Hello, GrassCast listeners. Just a quick note before we start today's show, and it is an obvious note for anyone who has paid attention to this podcast thus far in the entirety of our two full published episodes. We have taken a bit of a break, which I know is a bit of a strange thing to do so early on in a podcast, but what can I say? We have gotten busy. We are in the final stages of finally becoming a nonprofit, which is very exciting, but also is a lot of work. We are expanding our staff. We are working to expand our shows, our platform, and beyond that, life. What can I say? A bunch of stuff in my house broke that I had to attend to. I had to get my car registered again. And uh, life. Do you need an excuse beyond life these days? I don't know. Anyway, we are getting things back on track today. Today's episode is one of two episodes that we have been working on editing, and the second one will come out very soon. In addition to that, we have a small handful of additional episodes that are lined up with interviews ready to go and a bunch of funny clips from comedy shows that we have been having. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for not losing faith in this podcast. And remember, absence makes the heart grow fonder after all, right? Right. Now, on with the show. Grass. Comedy. Grass. Talking about important stuff and hopefully making you laugh. And if you don't laugh, well, at least you learned about something important. If you don't care about that, well, that's on you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the GrassCast. I am your host, Chris Blackwood, and we have a great show for you today. Today, we are diving into the issue of assisting youth in under-resourced communities. With me is my host, Robert Mack from robertmack.com. We will also be diving into this issue ourselves to offer our insight and wisdom into the matter. We're also going to be joined by the Senior Director of Institutional Giving from Horton's Kids, Lee Player, who's going to be able to speak a little bit more to the issue. Let's start the show. Robert, are you there? I'm here. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you. Good to hear you as well. I don't think they can can see us, but I think we look great. I certainly uh, feel great. And I want to thank you. You, I used to be the co-host, but you accidentally said host. So I don't know. If oh, did I, I, did I say host? Okay, we're going to I get promoted. Do I get a raise? Um, you, n- n- no. Well, we can talk about that off. No, sorry. No, okay. that's where I'm going to edit that. Um, we'll edit this whole part out. Sorry. Anyway, do you want to raise? We should we just have that conversation? Sure. I'm. I mean, if right. I got a hundred percent raise, I'd still be making the same amount. So it really. That's true. That's I, true. My my lawyers will be talking to you. Things things have picked up anyway in the world. So I, I'm excited about that. I was at the store the other day, and they have a new mask policy. It used mm. to be you had to wear, your mask at the grocery store, and now it's if you have been vaccinated, you don't have to. And so mm-hmm. things feel like they're coming back to normal at Trader Joe's. In fact, the lines were so long, by the time I got to the cashier, my bananas had started to turn yellow. That's how long the lines are there. And That's... it's fun to be able to perform without without a mask on and accidentally spit on people again. 
it's just, it's like old times, but they don't have to worry because I've been vaccinated. So if some spit lands on them, because I've been vaccinated, they're not gonna catch my polio. So there's nothing to worry about. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And I'm sure you explained that to them as it's happening. Yes. Um, Weird thing, I'm so mm-hmm. used to wearing a mask and now that I don't have one on, mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's staring at me, mm-hmm. my face, mm-hmm. which is disconcerting. And I just wanna remind people, hey, everybody, I also have a body. Mm-hmm. So please consider staring at that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever say, I'm down here? Also. I'm down here. Hey, eyes down. Hey, hey. Eyes down, buddy. <laughs> Move them around a little bit, at least. All right. Let's 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 not get too comfortable uh, in one place. Yeah, there's a lot of adjustments. We also live in a time right now where we cannot always mute our face or our voice in the middle of a conversation. Sometimes we're just stuck. Sometimes we'll have a reaction to something, and then we'll have to sort of explain that reaction like we'll look bored and then they'll be able to see that in our face and then we'll have to make up an excuse or just say you caught me i'm completely bored i'm gonna mute my face metaphorically now which also means i guess in this case i don't know walking away walking away or putting mask back on i'm gonna i yeah I, i i hope i hope you don't mind i'm just gonna wear my mask when i'm next to you for this conversation. I know you're vaccinated and I'm vaccinated, but I'd prefer there just, I, I prefer there to be a barrier. It's a safety so. blanket in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's good rebranding. Security when, blanket. When I'm near you, it's a safety blanket. Otherwise it's fine. In Trader Joe's it's fine, unless you're in Trader Joe's with me. Yeah, lots of changes. You know what else is changing? Resources for youth. This pandemic has been really hard hitting, obviously, for all kinds of things and people and entities, Uh, but for inner city youth, for youth in under-resourced communities, it's been particularly challenging. I mean, these are youth that rely on face-to-face interactions in the real world for their educational purposes and for socio and uh, emotional learning. But now, all of a sudden, they live in a reality where everyone needs an iPad in order to get the homework assignment and learn uh, and to also, in many senses, socialize and just sort of feel like you belong. So that's got to be particularly rough for those kids. What do you think about that, Robert? What do you what do you think? It's tough. I have a I have a teen myself. Mm. And at times it does feel like she lives in a poorly resourced environment because of all the the work that I have lost. Mm -hmm. But I know that she and her friends have access issues with with Wi-Fi. They do have to have the right equipment. And and luckily, we can provide that to her. But there are many kids who do not. I saw a story on the news of someone who had to drive hours to get to a a free Wi-Fi spot so they could do their homework. Unfortunately, this pandemic has separated the haves from the have-nots, so it is a, a serious issue. And now joining the show is Lee Player. Lee is the Senior Director of Institutional Giving with Horton's Kids. She is part of the fundraising team and is responsible for relationships with government, corporate, and foundation partners. Lee, welcome to the Grasscast. Thank you so much. So first question, who is Horton's Kids and who does it serve? 
Yeah, so Horton's Kids, a place-based nonprofit, we serve 500 K through 12 kids and their families in Southeast DC. And uh, we're actually located in the neighborhood. So we provide wraparound programming and our four main programs are academics, health and wellness, that includes things like distributing food and backpacks, youth development, which is mentoring and the like, and family engagement. Awesome. Next question, who is Horton exactly? And uh, how many kids does he or she have? (laughs) Um, So the name actually comes from uh, a Dr. Seuss book. So that's where the Horton comes from and has so many kids just because they have a big heart. Lovely. Okay. But I, I assume these children are not actually directly related to a person named Horton. No, and nor are they related to Dr. Seuss. No, okay, not part of the Dr. Seuss legacy because I was going to say, I mean, that would be it would be, be privileged kids. So, like, why would we help out those kids? I imagine Absolutely. there's a lot of money in that family. All right. So, to be clear, these are not Dr. Seuss's children. These children are unrelated, uh, and need help. All right. So, here's a more serious question. How has Horton's Kids ensured that kids' needs are met during this pandemic of ours? Obviously, there's been a lot of changes in the past year and some change with issues related to technology access, health and wellness distributions, mental health support. What has Horton's Kids done and what are you continuing to do to support kids who are impacted by these changes? Yeah, so I think I'll just start by saying that we serve kids in Southeast DC and a particularly geographically isolated area of the city known as Wellington Park and Stanton Oaks. And in those areas, we're talking about folks who live below, below, below the poverty line. And so their access to things like technology and food is really, really challenged by the sort of systemic issues that contribute to poverty and violence. So what we've been doing is we've been distributing hotspots and computers. We've uh, distributed more than $30,000 worth of that in the last year. We call folks every week to make sure they're doing well. We've conducted more than 2,000 calls since March of 2020. Uh, Just like so many things, distributing tens of thousands of meals and diapers, anything that a family and a child would need to be sustained during the pandemic, we have done it. That's uh, a bold assertion and imagine there's there's so many needs out there. I know I've had many of my own. I, I'm curious more specifically about technology access. So yeah, I read somewhere that COVID-19 has changed the digital divide from a problem to an emergency. And it, you know, it seems like in, internet connection has never been more critical to economic opportunity. What has Horton Kids done specifically to help address that gap in technology? I mean, I, I imagine many of the kids you serve don't have their own iPods or iPads. Well, they do now, thanks to um, our generous donors. So, you know, every student now has access to a mobile hotspot, a tablet, or a computer. And that's something that we've been able to do with our donors and also with schools. You know, schools did try to pitch in, but some of them were really slow off the block. And then also in the various um, neighborhoods that we serve, there wasn't necessarily access to hotspots or Wi-Fi. So those are things that we provided for the kids. Okay. Wow. So all, all the youth that you all serve do now have access to the technology that is required of the various programs. That's, yeah, that's correct. We've, we've distributed, we have distributed more than $30,000 worth of computers and hotspots. 
Nice. That's awesome. It's a lot of laptops or a handful <laughs> of PS5s, sounds like. <laughs> if you can get a hold of a PS5, you are a magician, right? sir. <laughs> nice. Um, I cannot. Hello, listeners. Just a quick note that we'll be pausing our serious and very helpful and informative interview with Lee Player for a very unserious, uninformative, and mostly unhelpful segment with my co-host, Robert Mack. We'll return to our interview with Lee after this. Are you ready for some segments? Sure, I love segments. Okay, me too. So we're going to start with the segment that will hopefully uplift us because it involves us providing feedback to things that need it. And as you and I are straight white males, turns out we're really good at this. It's a built-in skill I have found. Totally. People need our unsolicited feedback. Absolutely. I say- I kind of ask for it. And so that's why they don't solicit it. Yeah. I tell them that all the time. I tell strangers that. I go up to people and say, hey, you need some feedback right now. And then they'll say things like, stay away from me. And then I'll say, look, there's the problem right there. Then they'll say, I'm calling the police. And then I'll say, please don't do that. We're neighbors. And anyway. Just because they don't want to confront these issues that need to be addressed. And they're taking it out on you instead of facing the facts and looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Let's jump into these. Okay. So what we've done here is identified several issues that exacerbate the problem of youth not being able to succeed as much as their peers in underserved communities. Certain barriers that they face to be able to benefit from the same resources, the same uh, access that that youth need to live happy, fruitful, successful lives. So that first item that we have is a lack of adequate elementary and secondary education. It is said that it is due to this lack of education, under-resourced schools, teachers that don't get paid enough and thus don't care enough, students that don't have textbooks. All of this under-resourcing of education in these communities largely leads to students, well, in some cases, not even graduating high school, or when they do, the education is inadequate to get into a good college. So. What feedback do we have to the governments that are not doing their share, doing their part for these communities in this regard? What well, do you think? It's true. We do, we do need gooder teachers and maybe, and then that way we'd get gooder students. I mm-hmm. think I'm just spitballing here. So I guess maybe the teachers aren't getting paid enough. So maybe we just need to get them get them out and the way to do that would be to lower teachers wages and eventually all of those teachers who aren't cutting it will will leave the field so by lowering so i would say lowering the teacher salaries would get rid of the teachers that aren't doing it and would really keep only the truly committed educators Yeah, that would certainly get rid of them. You'd have to really, really be committed to to stay if you're getting paid even less than teachers currently make. Maybe we could add to that. Maybe there we could uh, have some some actors, some like child actors, come to the schools and participate in the 
classroom and, and then just be more disruptive and to have more like behavioral management issues. Maybe, you know, they could throw things. And so like model for the other students? Model yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Or maybe they could start like a, a social media campaign to just harass the teachers. That's got to be the way through this. Yeah. I think we solved it. That was pretty easy. Unfiltered, unresearched, unsolicited. And now back to our interview with Lee Player. Thank goodness. So what about mental health support? I mean, I need mental health support. I don't know anyone who doesn't need mental health support. You said you were doing support services for kids in need in that regard, but is there anything more specific you could sort of elaborate on and how you've been helping kids cope with being isolated, stuck at home with their families and just all the other challenges that come with such a thing? Yeah, that is a great question. So we have a three-tiered framework where we essentially help every single family that we can as far as, you know, if you're a tier one, you're thriving, if you're tier two, you need some support and then tier three, you are in crisis. Mm. And so it's our job as an organization to move families out of tier three and out of tier two into being thriving in tier one. And so we do that a number of ways. We have a person on staff who is in, in charge of making sure that we are a trauma-informed organization. She works closely with the students and with the families, helping them with positive coping plans. So if a child does come to us and they you know, mentioned that they are dealing with stress, we help them to think through the ways that they can cope. And then we also refer them out to you know, individual or group therapy as needed. Awesome. It sounds like I could certainly benefit from some of those services myself, but comedy does help at least fulfill part of that need. I'm curious about what Horton's Giz is doing to remediate pandemic-related learning loss. Obviously, even though students have been continuously able to access academic resources and classes through technology, I mean, there's something that is lost without the interactions that students once had, both with one another and in the classroom with teachers. So could you speak a little bit to what Horton's case is doing to address that? Yeah, so the, the most recent research is probably from December, and it said that, you know, across DC, kids were losing four months in math and one month in learning and reading. Yes. And for the kids that we serve, you know, more underprivileged kids is four months in reading and five months in math. And that was in December of 2020. So, you know, a month, a year and six months in, we're talking about tremendous learning loss. So what we're doing is we're getting all the kids with possible that we can to come to our program in person this summer. Our program starts next week, <laughs> moving from being completely virtual to full day, five days a week for the next five weeks of intensive remediation. So that includes hiring teachers and teacher's aides to come in and work in uh, on a one-to-one -one setting with kids to help them with their, with their learning as far as literacy and math. So that's what we're doing for the summer. And then we're gonna continue to have teachers stay on with us. You know, we're historically a volunteer run organization and our volunteers are terrific, but there's nothing that can replace the expertise that comes with being an educator. So we are going to continue to work with educators this fall to make sure that kids have the one-on-one -on -one literacy and math supports they need. Awesome. Thank you very much for all that. So here's another question. How is the Horton's Kids strategy evolving? Uh, you mentioned when we were corresponding earlier, a two-generational model. What is that exactly? Is that like combining the original Star Trek with the next generation together? Mm -hmm. Yes, and then data is there. We have LeVar Burton. It's wonderful. Perfect. 
Oh, you're you're good, Jen. LeVar Burton's on board. Yeah, done. Exactly. God, I love that man. Um, so a two generation model just means that we work with both the kids and with parents or caregivers. So taking a whole family approach to our desire, which is to make sure that every kid graduates from high school ready for life. So that has looked like over the past few months, helping parents with their resumes, giving them access to computers so they can apply for jobs. We, one of the, you wouldn't necessarily think about this, but one of the things that people came to us with, and they said, you know, we are really having difficulty getting jobs because we don't have basic ID. So we've been working with parents to make sure that they have, you know, birth certificates, passports, driver's license, et cetera, so that they can apply for jobs and apply for benefits. So whatever a parent comes to us and says they have a need, uh, as far as what they need is, you know, to have familial stability, that is what we do. That's great. And is this something that's come out of the pandemic or has this been something that you've been wanting to do for a while, making sure that it's not just one generation that is getting the needed support? So it's definitely work that we've been doing over the past 31 years, but mm. it, it has become more acute during the pandemic as we've you know been doing household calls every week to make sure that families were stable. It sort of organically came to the came to the surface, you know, that there was more that we could be doing for parents to ensure that they were able to provide for their kids. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a family that you come across that has an annoying family member that maybe you don't <laughs> want to support? It's like the family's great, but then there's Uncle Steve and you're like, okay, everyone else can get access to these things. But Uncle Steve, you know what? You're you're good. Yeah, uh, everyone has an Uncle Steve. He's he's welcome to come to the cookout too. Oh, he's welcome too. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, maybe even too nice. I think that might be a good segue, actually, speaking of Uncle Steve. Yeah. Because our next segment, slash our only segment portion of this interview, is something we call point counterpoint. Mm. So for this segment, what we do is put ourselves in a Thanksgiving where you're stuck next to Uncle Steve. Uncle Steve is a few beers under, and he has some pretty strong opinions that he loves to share unsolicited. These opinions happen to be against what it is that you are supporting. In this case, trying to get volunteers on board to support Horton's Kids and also to gain donations, Horton's Kids and the services you all provide. So I'm going to role play Uncle Steve. And you can role play my niece, who is just trying to, uh, you know, maintain civility and also express your reality. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, let's do it. So we're going to go a slightly different route. We're going to go specifically arguments against volunteering and arguments against donating. Uh, I feel like those might be a little more, a little more specific. All right. Okay. Fourth wall is now up. Okay. I'm not good with kids and I have zero experience with them. Why should I volunteer? That's a great question, Uncle Steve. So, you know, one of the benefits of volunteering is that you get to give back to the community and that gives you a really warm and fuzzy feeling. And I think it gives you even more warm and fuzzy feeling than beer. So perhaps you should try it out. Okay, maybe so, Lee, but I I don't know. I really like beer. Beer's been treating me just fine so far. We'll see. You are a great niece and you do seem very happy, but I don't have enough time. I'm busy, you know? I have all these beers to drink. Uh, And uh, I have, uh, you know, like golf. Um, Those are the main things, but they take up a lot of my time. So 
what do you say to that? Yeah, so there's a lot of ways you can volunteer. You can come to a community cleanup, you could stuff backpacks, you could wrap gifts. That only takes a couple of hours, you know? And so I think there's probably a way that you can volunteer. I think you at least have a couple of hours you can give back. I don't know about that. We'll we'll have to see. Well, you know what? Even if I could find the time, I've never been good with academics. I'm not great socially. And I honestly don't think I'd be a good role model to a kid. I mean, I'm nearly 60 and I sleep on a futon in my mom's basement. Is it really a good idea for me to volunteer with children? Well, a futon, Uncle Steve, are you sure? Yeah, we can call it a bed for the sake of civility, but yeah, pretty sure it's a futon. Goodness gracious. Well, I still think you have something you could teach kids, if nothing else, maybe as a cautionary tale. Hmm. Cautionary tale. Okay. (laughs) So, all right. So don't become me. Don't sleep on this thing that may or may not be a futon. Or how about career day? We always have a career day. Career day. Okay. Maybe, but then I would need to talk about a, a career. And I really, I don't really have much to say there. I've worked odd jobs. I've made money, some of which is legal, some of which isn't. We'll, we'll see about that. But look, I don't want to work with children who have disabilities or behavioral issues. That, that seems like too much work. Isn't that what these kids from these communities have? Well, so that's a bit of an overgeneralization. You know, kids with disabilities are in every community and, and it's not overrepresented in this community. But, and also behavioral issues. That's also a bit of a stereotype, Mm. but we do make sure that all of our volunteers are trained to deal with behavioral issues. And if a kid has an IEP, which is an individualized education plan, all all volunteers will be briefed on that. Got it. Jesus, it just seems like you have an answer for everything, Lee. Wow. (laughs) So Uncle Steve, why don't you donate money if you don't want to volunteer? You know what, Lee? I, I was hoping you would ask that. This country was built for the American dream, and anyone puts their mind to it can succeed. Maybe they should try harder. Why do they need my money to succeed? Wow, Uncle Steve. Mm. So the kids are really resilient, and they have it all under wraps. So it's it's really to help us to make sure that we can provide them with what they deserve, because the only reason that they don't have the various items that would help them to succeed is because of systemic inequity. So what you're doing is you're making sure that everyone truly does have what they need to be equal. Sounds like you've been listening to a lot of NPR, Lee. I do. Me and Michelle Norris are best friends. Disgusting. Well, providing services to less resource communities makes it easier for them to be lazy, doesn't it? Wow, Uncle Steve, have you been listening to Rush Limbaugh? No, it doesn't make them lazy. If anything, support from the outside community makes them feel less alone. You know, being geographically isolated and living in a place that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of opportunities. When someone comes in and and it helps you out, it helps you to realize, you know what? I actually have a lot of potential as well. So, Uncle Steve, will you consider making a donation? I will consider drinking another beer (laughs) and maybe writing a letter to NPR for brainwashing my niece. But look, last thing, I already give to important charities like the Heritage Foundation and my friends GoFundMe page for a new PS5. I mean, why should I focus on this cause among all the other causes out there? So when you focus on this particular cause, 
you're making sure that the most underserved kids in DC are getting the support that they need. Unfortunately, this area has been, not been invested in like it should be, and you are helping to turn the tide and make sure that every kid in DC has what they need to succeed. All right. Touche. Well, better go get back on with your liberal arts degree and your NPR friends. Thank you very much, Lee. It's, mm-hmm. it's been great. Okay. Fourth wall down. That was believable. <laughs> and also for the record, it was actually difficult for me to say some of those things, but I'm working on my acting. All right. So the last question, what is one thing that our listeners can do to help under-resourced communities and youth in those communities succeed? Yeah, so I think a lot of it was covered in our conversation with Uncle Steve, but sure. uh, volunteering, like one but one thing, I will always take your money. So, so go to hortonskids.org and make a donation. That is one of the best things you can do to help kids in under-resourced communities. There it is, very concrete. You heard it from her, hortonskids.org. Contribute today, everybody. Thank you very much, Lee. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Chris. And now a grassroots comedy clip from Katie McKelvey. So I asked my kids, I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I turned to the first one and the older one, and he was like, I want to be an arms dealer. <laughs> so no more NPR news for you. <laughs> So then I turned to the other one, the nine-year-old, and I was like, what do you want to be? And he's like, I want to be a sausage. <laughs> so the good news is that we don't have to pay for college. <laughs> and now, back to silliness with Robert Mack. So Robert, I don't know if you have noticed this, but I have noticed that you and I are pretty smart guys that seem pretty good at giving advice. What do you think? Pretty good and pretty smart. Unfortunately, some people that aren't as smart as us don't even realize it and won't even ask us for advice. Right, which is why sometimes you just need to intercept, you know, when people ask for advice to maybe someone else, if you are confident that you have a better answer or maybe just a better perspective, you should just maybe insert yourself and uh, just give a response whether or not one is asked for. I think if, you're so good and so smart and, and so quick to offer advice based on little to no experience. You know, it, it would really be a crime to not. It would, and it's like we have a clean slate, so we're not. Right. It's not all confused with like expert opinion and stuff sure. like that. Sure. It's like knee gut, intuitive. Uh, yeah. Truth, really. Yep. Yep. Just, just go off of emotion. Just completely like adrenaline based advice oftentimes. I think the body is based around the mind and the brain and ideas, but it's really about the heart and the soul and and, and instinctive responses. Mm -hmm. The gut, very much the gut. gut. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love all of that. So uh, I, you know, I love it so much. I'm going to say we do it. Let's do it right now. As a matter of fact, in predicting that this was gonna come up, I actually did some research and uh, I found a website, it's called Ask Dr. M. Dr. M alleges to be a doctor who is uh, apparently good at giving uh, youth advice. However, if you go to the website, no, just doctor, and there's no degree on there. I mean, maybe it's like a Dr. Pepper situation. I don't even know if there is a degree, but 
what I'm suggesting we do is turn it 180 degrees to us. I don't even know if that's the correct amount of degree. It sounds pretty hot. Pretty, pretty hot. Right. Yeah, maybe more like 90, 90 degree angle towards us. I don't know. It depends sure. where we are in relation to this doctor. But anyway, what I'm suggesting we do is we intervene and we just give our own responses to these real life teenager questions from 2020 and 2021. What do you say? That sounds great. And I used to be a teenager, so I probably know all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know and what? I grew out of it, but I, I remember mm -hmm. it. Me too. I also was a teenager. You and I have never, we've never yeah. talked about that. Um, Were we? I don't, I don't think we've talked about that. Yeah. No, I was also one once. I didn't know that. Well, there you go. That's why we have these conversations to learn and grow. And now speaking of learning and growing, we're going to help others learn and grow through our learning and growth or just our, you know, intuition going back to the gut. So we're going to go to our first question here. Our first question is from someone who calls himself or herself living life. Living life. Another living fake life. name. I don't know what it is with people. They're not willing to own up to this stuff. Yeah, I think all of these names, it looks like for all these letters I've selected that we're going to be responding to, everyone has included a name that just pertains to the content of their letter, which I mean, is either real or in like a hell of a coincidence or, or just made up. Anyway, here we go. This one's from January 23rd, 2021. Not that long ago. Here we go. I'm a student in seventh grade. I was recently thinking about university and I have a few questions. I'm really concerned about the whole thing and I need some advice for the future. I know I'm in seventh grade and I still have a long way to go to reach university, but I'm just interested if anyone could help and give me some advice. Living life, age 13. Age 13, wow. Well, there's really no, no question there. There was no question mark. So maybe they should study, you know, writing or grammar or English. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. Learn how to ask a question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely use, more of a statement. You can use English if you if you were an English major. You could probably use English almost every day. I would assume. Mm -hmm. In this in this country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, until <laughs> For, until our freedom is taken away. But yeah, so yeah, this came a few weeks after the insurrection. So I'm wondering if they if that scared them a little bit. There's nothing to be scared of. You can continue living your life 13. For now, yeah. for now, living life 13. So uh, figure out how to correctly form a question in English. I am also going to say something you should not do being in seventh grade is join Boy Scouts and get as many merit badges as you possibly can walking up through the ranks from Weebelow to Life to Star. You get all the way up to right before you get to your eagle and then completely stop when you're three merit badges away. You even got your basket weaving merit badge. It was a very boring merit badge to pursue, but you did it just so you could get that Eagle Scout. And then you get distracted and then you get a car and then you drive around and you get in an accident in the car and then your parents blame you and you get really distracted. And then Becky, who's on the track team is interested in you and she wants to go to a movie with you. But then all of a sudden you don't have a car to drive anymore. And then you realize, oh no, why did I even join the Boy Scouts to begin with? None of these tools are helpful, and I didn't even get my Eagle Scouts. So you know what? Don't do that's, that. That's, that's very, that's general and could apply to a lot of people. Yeah, you're right. So you're right. I don't take it with a grain of salt. 
grain of salt, but just generally something to keep on your radar. Generally on your on your radar. Yeah. On yeah. Your Boy Scout dar. Right. And don't get molested either. Side note. Not side note. Yeah, sure. In the Boy Scouts. Okay. So I think we nailed it. I think we did it. Yeah. You're welcome. Living life 13. Okay. So we're on to the next question. Do you want to read this one, Robert? Sure. I guess. Okay. From January 9th, 2021, I think I am a lesbian and I don't know what to do. Mm. I don't want to say that I'm a lesbian yet, as I fully don't know. I mean, I've never been attracted to any guys and I always feel some sort of connection with girls. Even if I am a lesbian, how do I tell my mom? I'm not sure how she would react to me being a lesbian. I don't want to get kicked out of the house. So what do I do? How do I tell her? Confused age six. That one had a lot of questions. That one's got at least three question marks in it. Absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, confused. Well done. Uh, you clearly surpassed living life and that you understand how to formulate a question so much so that you asked three of them in what was supposed to be just one question prompt. So uh, anyway, confused is a little bit well older done. and those are, those are big years between 13 and 16. So that's true. Confused has lived a, a, a much a richer life. But that still doesn't really answer the question. So confused, I have a question uh, for your question. So you say you've never been attracted to any guys. Is it possible that all of the guys you have been around are unattractive? I mean, we're talking about 16 year olds. So these guys have pimples and they are probably a little nerdy. They and probably don't have social skills. They probably don't know how to talk in front of Mm -hmm. the opposite sex or the same sex mm -hmm. right sex. sure so there's a question you have to ask yourself is it just the the males i am surrounded by and another thing i would say i guess if you're just trying to sort of test the waters it sounds like you're you're unsure how she would react you say you don't want to get kicked out of the house but you also don't know that that necessarily would be the reaction. So maybe test the waters. I don't know, maybe put on some like Celine Dion. I don't know if that's a lesbian shot. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know anything about lesbians. Well, you don't? Uh, well, well, neither does she. So maybe, mm. um, I know there are movies about it. Maybe you could rent a movie and watch watch a movie to see how it's, how it's done. I mean, the very first thing she says is, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So maybe... What's a good lesbian? It's a good lesbian movie, Passion of the Christ. I I, I would have to look that one up, but I'm, someone's got my 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 browser is on okay. parental controls. Okay, uh, but I like the idea of of talking to the mother because mm -hmm. maybe the mother, maybe there was a father at one point, and the mother and father uh, don't get along, and so maybe the mother is is. is modeling for the daughter to not like men because she doesn't like one particular man. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be considered also. There's a lot of stuff going on here in a confused world. Mm -hmm. 16 yeah. world. Yeah. You you have a daughter, don't you, Robert? Yeah. Who's about that age, maybe? About Yeah, about 17. Okay. All right. If she, I mean, maybe this is too much, but like if she was questioning, how would you like to be approached? Well, she's uh, very open about it, and she and okay. her friends discuss these things all the time, and mm -hmm. I think many of them have made themselves pansexual, and they're mm -hmm. open to anything. That's I think, I think when they grow up, they'll get a little bit more focus, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. right now, they're pretty much you know, shrugging their shoulders and, and calling themselves anything, but this, this generation is a lot 
slower to do the the sure. hookup than I think mm -hmm. our, our generation was. Sure. Plus they've well, been locked in, indoors for almost a year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, you got to keep your options open if, if you're, you know, locked away so long and then you get out and you, you just, you don't want to be too picky. And I feel like I, I'm not a stats major, but it seems like if you don't choose, make a decision as to what you're seeking, it increases your options exponentially. And here's, um, here's an answer to, to both of our, our questions is you're young, both living life and confused. Mm. You don't have to make a final decision right now. You can you can change your major later mm -hmm. on. So mm -hmm. maybe you date a, a person who is a major, or maybe mm -hmm. you sign up for an English class, and then later on you change your major, and you change the person you're dating who was a major to something else. So mm -hmm. you're not locked in. Or just date someone named major. Right. Okay, I, I think we have one last letter to read. Would you like to read it, Robert? Sure. Okay, great. I am almost 14 years old and my dream is to become an author. I love to write and do it often, but I'm having trouble finding a safe way to get feedback on my writing. My parents won't let me publish my writing on any website because they don't like the idea of random people on the internet interacting with me and giving me feedback. I understand that, but I feel bad nagging my friends and family to read my writing. And when I do, they barely even read it and don't give me much feedback. Do you have any ideas for a safe way to share my writing? Addy13. Addy, that's a that's a great question. I, I this is my favorite question. It seems like this person is has their their act a little bit more together. Mm -hmm. I was a writing major. I always wanted to write real bad and, and now I can. But Perfect. I would say that maybe use a, a, a pen name and then that way your parents won't know that mm. you're getting feedback online. And don't put mm -hmm. don't put your picture up, unless, yeah, don't put your picture up on online either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, or maybe if you have a writing teacher, I'm sure a writing teacher would provide feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just not one that's too you know judgmental, and maybe don't make your teacher also like the social girl in the school that you're at. I imagine this be, those would be two different people, but. Um, I like that. Also, here's another idea. Maybe you could just insert some of your storytelling into conversation and oh, see what idea. people have to say about it. You know, how would that sound? I don't know. So like I heard a story the other day that blah, 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 blah. And then the friends would be like, oh, that's a great story. Or, oh, that's sorry. You lost me. I don't really get it. Why are you telling me this? interesting at first but then it got a little wordy near the mm -hmm. end so and then that's how you would get your feedback that's mm -hmm. a great idea yeah yeah so you could just you could do that uh, the other day i heard about this story where this guy started a podcast because he wanted to be original and then he realized that everyone else in the world already had a podcast and he was really no different and then he got therapy instead, and it's actually more effective. And then friends would be Is like, "Is he also That's in the in the Boy Scouts at one point?" I, I he, you know, he, he didn't get into details. No. Oh, okay. He didn't he didn't get into details? Of working something into a normal conversation, which reminds me, this is funny. Mm. Um, I went to the bank the other day. Uh huh. Really? Yeah. No. That reminds bar, you of that? No. Three of us. <laughs> hold on. Two. Me and two other. <laughs> ah, never mind. Skip it. <laughs> do, you, do you want feedback on the story or no? No, no, I was just saying that reminded me that you could work material into a normal conversation. Right. If, if you were 
13 and and uh, a little a little precocious and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a little bit better prepared. Right. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Than we are, or than you. Yep. I am. Right. Sure. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up our letters. So I think that these youth, assuming they are listening to this podcast, which I can't imagine why they wouldn't be. We we know their name and their age. Right. Exactly. So we're going to invite them. We're going to find them. We're going to send them an invite. And you're welcome. Yes, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Thanks, Robert. That's our show, everybody. Thanks to our co-host, Robert Mack from RobertMack.com. Robert, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. These are really fun. And I just wanted to say, you can always get information about all of my shows at RobertMack.com slash live. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Thank you, Robert. Also, a special thanks once again to our featured speaker for today, Lee Player from Horton's Kids. To check out more about Horton's Kids, look them up online, hortonskids.org. They're an amazing organization doing amazing things for a very important cause. And on the Grassroots Comedy DC front, we're taking a break for the holidays during December. But we will be back at Kramer Books in DuPont Circle in Washington, DC on January 26th. So don't miss it. Check us out online at grassrootscomedy.com for information on that show and more. Speaking of more, Grassroots Comedy DC is finally becoming a nonprofit. After six years of working towards this goal, we have finally arrived. What that means is that we are expanding and we are in search of expanding our team. We are looking for a grant writer, an audio engineer, and someone to help us out with video production. If any of those things might be you, please send us an email. Give us a shout. You can reach us at grassrootscomedydc at gmail.com. And uh, we hope to hear from you. See you next time, everybody. Take Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye.